Welcome to Pulp Fiction, the top five podcast. <laughs> when I said that, it made it sound like we're like the top, like in the top five of all podcasts. I meant the top five version of our podcast. We're right there with like Howard Stern and does Howard Stern even have a podcast? I don't know. I feel like he's a guy. He's you, the first guy that came to my head. that seems like he should have about a podcast. Uh, who's the Who's the dude that I like that? Chris the, Hardwick? Yes. The Nerdist? Yeah, The Nerdist, along with The Nerdist and three other podcasts. Name, name as many podcasts as you can. Go. Uh, Pulp Fiction, Mr. Presti's Neighborhood. <laughs> Just going to list all the, the... The Nerdist. The Nerdist, the ones that I'm involved in. The Fantasy Football one with Matthew Berry? Yes. It's a good one? Yes. Uh, the Grantland one, the uh, Bill Simmons one. What's the uh, the history, American history? No. Uh, nope, done there. My uh, This American Life? Is that what you're saying? This American Life. Hey, yeah. Serial? Yep. Yeah. Uh, my personal favorites, like Slash Film, Film Spotting. Like, hey, don't go listen to them, but whatever. Yeah. Um, WTF? Yeah, totally. Yeah, listen to this. The competition. Yeah, <laughs> we're nipping at your heels. The Weekly Planet. That's a good one. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're right there with them. Actually, this is the top five lists version of Pulp Fiction. Wah, wah, wah. I am your host and moderator, <laughs> Brandon Rivara. I'm joined by podcast guru Jacob and uh, Rachel. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And some chick. We got her to be on the show because she has a female voice. Podcast guru, Andrew, Jacob, and Rachel. <laughs> this week, in in light of the fall TV, return of fall TV, we are going to count down our top five. And the lack of good movies coming out. That as well, yes. We're going to count down our top five favorite TV shows of all time. This includes classic TV shows. This includes comedies and dramas, current TV shows, cartoons could even qualify if you if you would like them to. Anything that has ever been a TV show is included on this list. And that actually made it very very difficult for me. Cool. Cool story, do get, bro. Do you get it worked out? <laughs> I was expecting somebody to say something. I did honestly, there's a lot of things when you t- when you count down top five favorite shows, it is a hard, hard list to make because you know how do you not include you know cartoons that you grew up loved watching? How I for mean, example, also, Sesame Street, Sesame Street, uh, Thundercats, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, <laughs> Jacob just some of these shows. Yeah, the, make a, Jacob just mouth an f bomb to to, <laughs> to keep us rated PG thirteen so we can stick with you slash film. Uh, but yeah, uh, there were so many shows. I mean, Monday Night Football, something like that. Like that's technically considered a TV show, highest rated TV show. It is. Yeah, it is. That's I, exactly I'm right. I'm not making fun of it. That's fact. Yeah. It is. So, like, not including those type of things was killing me. Um, this was probably the hardest list for me so far. Okay. Because of those reasons. I actually didn't even consider t- uh, my childhood TV shows. Uh, I can certainly probably name about five real quick, but for the sake of time, I'm not just not going to. And I'll maybe briefly bring them up later on. I only bring those up to say that, you know, a lot of times we have restrictions and conditions yeah. on our list. This time it was open season and uh No, I, yeah, anything goes. Anything goes. So here we go. Our top 5 favorite TV shows of all time. Jacob, you're number 5. Um 
Yeah, so with now any stipulations being said, uh, my number five is actually really frustrating for me because for the longest time, this was one of my all-time favorite TV shows. Maybe new things have come out since. Actually, I think every show came out after this that I that are, is above it. Let me just get to it. It's Friends. It's, yeah, good choice. Um, yes. I'm a big advocate. I've always been a big advocate for Friends. As I've gotten older, I am a big advocate for the first five seasons of Friends <laughs> because the last five seasons are very hard for me to watch. I don't think the tenth season is that bad. But like, I will continuously, pretty much always throughout my house, have about four shows I'll just kind of watch on loop, whether I'm cleaning the house, going to bed, whatever, and I can kind of watch them in the background, know what's going on. Pretty much, you know, especially Friends, like especially the first two or three seasons of Friends, I mean, I, I know the dialogue, you know, what's written, all that stuff for it. And uh, for when Friends came out in 1994, it was a huge television show. And I know its biggest uh, opponent was Seinfeld, which was also on NBC, which is, you know, kind of a cool deal because I think what was Seinfeld, 7 o'clock and Friends was 7.30 maybe. Um, and it seems like someone either liked Friends or someone always liked Seinfeld. That was always the argument. Yeah. You're either a Friends person or yeah. you're a Seinfeld person. I still and see I that just never got Yes, I just never got the Seinfeld humor because I was 14 when Friends came out. And I really didn't start watching Friends until I was probably 16 or 17 years old. or started catching the humor. The girls started wearing their haircut a certain way. They certainly were wearing the uh, the baggy... The, uh, Overalls. The overall shorts mm-hmm. with yeah. the white tops underneath it. So like, yeah, Rachel I mean, was Rachel super into that. Rachel was a big deal. And it's probably why so many guys in my age now are still like huge fans of Rachel of of, uh, of uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston, Aniston because of her role in that show. Do you so mean- what's so hard for me now is that I have to take a step back because I don't think Friends holds up, even though I still think the first four and five seasons were pretty spectacular. There's some f- great dialogue, especially like in season two specifically. Well, actually, the end of season one was great too, but. Um, I thought it was just that great of a show. Let me just kind of see what y'all have to say about it. Curious. Friends is still one of my all-time favorite comedies. I know that you know you could nitpick some some things in the writing as as it went on and and all that, like you said. But the characters are so likable. Uh, Phoebe always kind of got on my nerves. I I, I actually disliked her. Uh, love Chandler. Love Joey. Um, it, it still holds up. I love watching Friends. It's, it, it would be one of my favorite comedy, top ten favorite comedy for me. I do agree with that. I think it's interesting how far you think it fell off. Now, I still watch them. I watch them on Nick at Night all the time and stuff like that. And I don't, because of that, because I don't own the DVD sets, I'm not exactly sure where one season rolls into the next season. I own, I own all ten. Um, of course you do. Of course you do. So does <laughs> my friend Jesse. She's weird. obsessed. Um, so it's interesting you think it it dropped so far. You talk about it like I talk about Roseanne, which for real dropped oh, off terribly. That. I loved Roseanne. Oh, Roseanne uh, right, awesome. but, but Roseanne it, went it bad. It like plummeted. Yeah. So you talk about it kind of like... They abandoned everything that they believed in in Roseanne. Oh, sorry, go yeah. ahead. You, you, you talk about it kind of like that. And I didn't think... While it... It's just, a, again, kind of like Modern Family. I don't know how you sus- just sustain that level with those characters in the same setting where they kind of have to be. It's a hard thing to do. Yeah. So I think it, it went down a little bit. I never thought it was a bad show by any means. And I still enjoy the later episodes when I watch them. Yeah. My, my biggest argument will always be and, and to kind of piggyback what Brandon said was uh, Phoebe was kind of originally the most annoying one, but she became the most consistent one. She was, yeah, was she was strange. consistently weird through um, and through. She right. was just, she was Phoebe. The best characters were like Ross, Rachel, obviously their relationship. Uh, Chandler was amazing. You know, his first five and six seasons, 
But as the writing kind of went a different direction, they, they became, uh, I think I said this word earlier, more caricatures of, of themselves. themselves. Yeah, I, and, I agree with and that. And Monica was so much more mouthy. Yeah. And I agree needy with that. And Chandler and Ross, became a little bit too dark. He, too dark. Joey was too stupid. Yeah. yeah. Um, yep, that's and true. and, and uh, Ross was, I don't know, Ross was too, I don't know. Insecure. Insecure. And, and, I mean, yeah. which was... Which is just because they they just got they seem to mesh so well in those first yeah. four I, seasons. I agree with you, and that's what I love so much about that show. Just it seemed like again what we always talk about normal actors or characters that we could see ourselves hanging out with, and right. things that we can see ourselves joking and laughing about. Even like a character like Joey, where he's obviously like the dude, the good looking dude guy, but he seemed like a guy that I might know her and hang right. out right. with. But then right. later on. As the show went on, you just got really so for about stupid. five out of the six characters, it was like you guys are all just impractical characters. You you don't even exist. Right. Well, and you say Phoebe's most inconsistent, but I would argue that she was a caricature the whole time. That's true. So, That's true. So she, I mean, they just caught up to where she already was. So, I mean, she was most consistent, but it's because she was already not even real a real person to me yeah. before. I, I love Friends. I love the relationship between Ross and Rachel and how that kind of happened through the first four or five seasons. That Clearly, the show catered to the audience's expectation right. of that relationship, which got really frustrating. But it was really cool to see how it kind of went together, especially in the second season. Right. Uh, that second season of Friends is still one of, the, in my opinion, one of the best seasons of any show out there. I I, I give it a thumbs up. I I love Friends. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. That's yeah. it. That's one of my five. And I'm I'm with you. I was always on the Friends side of the yeah. Friends Seinfeld debate. Uh, I won't talk about Seinfeld too much, but I do think it's an overrated show. Uh, Rachel. Your number five favorite TV show of all time. My number five is Boy Meets World. It's it was a childhood favorite of mine. I know boys it's popular for a lot of people. It is. I'm actually amazed at how popular it is because it came on in '93 was the first season, so this was like pre-internet. It, I I really thought it was just me and my best friend who liked the show, and really nobody else liked it. Um, but now that they're, they've made the spinoff with Girl Meets World. Uh, I've kind of seen this Boy Meets World community emerge, and it's kind of amazing how many kids really liked it. It was on TGIF originally. Is that show still on, by the way, the spinoff? Yeah. Because I heard about that. Yep, they're into their second season okay. now. Um, so it, it's a story about Corey, and he grows up in Pittsburgh, and it's just it's just him growing up. His parents, he's got, I really love his, his parents, really solid parents. He's got a best friend who's kind of a troublemaker, and he's kind of the... Uh, the good kid that leads him in the right direction and um, an older brother, younger sister. I, I mean, it's just, it's, it's a really good show. And I still think to this day, I will say that the comedy in the first few seasons, probably the first, I'd say until they get into college, until Corey hits college really still holds up. It's really smart and cute and clever and watching him still. I'm like, this is a really well-written show. When I got up this morning, I had no idea that before the day was over, I'd meet someone I was going to spend the rest of my life with and all our lives to come. Okay, Karina, um, I don't know how to say this, so I'm, I'm going to choose my words very carefully. I think you're a psycho. <laughs> I want to get as far away from you as I possibly can. What? Well, I, I'm just not the guy for you. I mean, you need a guy who's... Who's happy and perky all the time, you know? 
Maybe a guy who's had part of his brain removed and he thinks he's a bunny. And you guys can go off and be bunnies together. Check! For the love of God, will someone please give me a check? You don't want to see me anymore, do you? Oh, see, it's not just that. I want to put you on a rocket ship and send you to the planet Flafluga. I, I love the show through and through. I have no complaints with the show. But again, it did hit like a lot of comedies or uh, sitcoms did. They, Eric went from like the cool older brother to just like super stupid. He, arguably, he became a lot funnier when he was super stupid uh, and maybe even a more interesting character when he was that. But I mean, he was just like so, so dumb. Um, so they altered the characters a little bit. Corey became kind of neurotic when he got older. Uh, that said, I still loved every single season of it. I related to it a lot growing up and apparently a lot of kids did. It's got 8.1 on IMDb and it's been fun now just seeing the community of people come out and talk about it. I know you guys can't say anything about it cause you haven't seen I, it. I've but... only ever just seen it in passing. I never had a problem with it. It's definitely a generation thing. It is. Yeah. Whereas you're it, only just three real. years or whatever younger than I am, but yeah. that is just enough for you to watch it yep. and me not. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And, and, it's this, yeah. it's this age gap that I'm yeah. in. Brandon was it's... watching taxi and we were watching. <laughs> Dude, taxi was you know, awesome. The boy <laughs> Makes total sense to me. I, my, my, uh, all I'll add is, I love Taxi, Christopher Lloyd, <laughs> Danny DeVito. <laughs> I mean, Dear John. Yeah, dude. It was, it was a great show. That opening taxi theme song. Taxi was pretty good. It was Andy, good. Andy, Co- uh, Kaufman? Andy Kaufman. Yep. Yeah, dude. It was fantastic. Boy Meets World. I never watched a single second of Boy. I, I Not even but a Missy single second. But Missy right? Yeah, my girlfriend She's in is that a age huge gap. fan. She is in that age gap. Of course she is. I wouldn't date her if she was my age. Uh, <laughs> so... I- <laughs> It was on uh, TGIF along with things like Family Matters. So you had the Urkel and then they had Step by Step came on at the same time. That dino, that stupid dinosaur show with the talking dinosaurs. That was. was Feed the baby. It's called called Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Feed the baby. Yeah, but have you seen the mashup with that and the Biggie Small song? Yeah, I have. It's an amazing mashup. It is awesome. You got to watch it. We'll we'll, we'll post it on our our webpage. Yes. Or Facebook. Or Pause the podcast right now and go watch that. It's amazing. Anyways, I love Boy Meets World. I know there's a lot of people behind me on this, even though neither one of you guys know anything about it. But Topanga was hot, right? Topanga was hot. That's Boom. all I know. I know Topanga. Boom. I know what she looks like, and I know that she was hot. But that's weird because everybody used to tell my sister that she looked like Topanga. So I can kind of see that. Yeah. So. Well, that's all right. You you say weird things about your sister all the time. <laughs> His sister's hot. My sister is hot. Cool. <laughs> Brandon, you're number five. My number five, uh, actually, really similar to the things that Jacob said about his number five favorite TV show, even though they're vastly different shows. Um, he said that the first four seasons were amazing and he'd put up against any TV show, but then it, the writing kind of fell off a cliff. But he loved the the beginning of it so much that it made his number five. That's exactly how I feel about Dexter, my number five favorite TV show of all time. The first four seasons of Dexter, I I will put up again. Give any show that you say is the best show of all time, I'll say, okay, here's the first four seasons of Dexter, and it's just as strong. The third season was terrible. Sorry. I still like the first season. It was, I will say, of the first four, it wasn't as, it was the Wait, least. Wait, which It was one? rough. It, Jimmy, the Jimmy Smith the, season. The lawyer character. The Miguel oh, Prado. I liked it. it. It was still good. It was still really, but uh, 
it wasn't four as good is as like the cream that, of the crop. That's the reason I quit watching that show. Was that season? Even though I always heard it got four so much better after the, you the third seen season. season. Four, four is one of the, the best season. seasons in TV good. history. Then they yeah, rebounded, easily. and it gives me something to watch because I like Dexter a lot. But yeah, stop yeah. after four. First, yeah, the first it, season of Dexter was fantastic. Oh, first season, especially the finale. Oh Agreed. my gosh! Yeah. With with yeah, I wouldn't want to say, but yeah, but Blood. yeah, but like, yeah, <laughs> but like, and when you find out the history of Dexter yeah. and who he is and his background and how it ties into everything, the first season and the fourth season of Dexter. If I were just to right now make my top ten favorite seasons of TV shows, both of those one and four would be in my top ten favorite Agreed. TV show seasons of all time. Uh, two was really really good. Nope. Three, Oh, she doesn't like. Is that with the crazy artist? That's why she doesn't like it. Okay, it was kind of weird. No, it was. It was a good. You love the Dokes and Bass. It was Bay Harbor Butcher storylines. I'm trying to clarify. It's a good season of television. I effing hate that girl so much. The character or just a story? Her character. Her character. The story. It made for a good storyline, but you just hated the character. I almost stopped watching because of her. But continue. It's a good. Don't everybody watch Dexter? It's a good season. I hate Lila. Yeah. The character of Dexter is one of my all-time favorite TV characters of all time. And Michael C. Hall, his performance as Dexter, so multi-layered, so complex, so many emotions underneath that aren't happening but are happening. And he portrays it so well. Um, he was nominated for like every single season for an Emmy. Never won it. He did win the Golden Globe for season four. Uh, but he unfortunately was kept going up against James Gandolfini and Brian Cranston every season. That's rough. So he was nominated every year, never won. Anyways, five and six were eh, especially I six. I argue that the finale was one of the best seasons. Is that not right? I actually thought season eight was pretty good. I thought season seven was good, and season eight mm. was a little. I like season seven. Season eight was uneven to me, but I liked the finale Colin a lot. Hanks. Was Colin Hanks? Colin Hanks was season six. Okay. Season six sucked. Season six did suck. Uh, was Julia season Stiles five? Five. That five wasn't very six. good. Yeah, five and six were the worst. Five and six were the worst. But they rebounded big time in seven. And then eight was uneven. Uh, uh, but I did like the finale. Most Def was seven, right? No, mm-hmm. Most Def was in the season with Colin Hanks. Oh, that's right. That's right. What's seven then? Seven was with when they introduced kind of the Hannah. And, kind of, and, okay. and when... I can't say. Yeah. The... Uh, Yes. Ray okay. Stevenson's in it. Nice. It yeah. is. There are a lot of great... Uh, the, the supporting characters are great. A lot of... Uh, there's a lot of, like, guest appearances for one season that are really good. Anyways, I love the show. The first four seasons were so strong. I forgive a lot of the sins of seasons five through eight because I loved one through four so much. And, Jacob, you have to watch season four Have i will eventually it gives me something four. to watch i love dexter because of the psychology behind it yes and the um i don't know just the ability to not what do you call that uh when you just shut off from people <laughs> yeah the i mean he was so unsocial but at the same time he do you mean i mean he was emotionless he was uh, i already forgot so forget about it well yeah. and that's what's fun about dexter is you're watching the progression of dexter as a person yes and they and, do a really great job with his character development, especially through one through four. Yeah. Uh, it gets a little iffy in the five later Five and six, seasons. and then they redeem it again they in do. seven and eight. It's definitely a straight up, I mean, not straight up, but five and six are bad. Seven is a little bit better. I thought eight was actually pretty strong. Yeah. 
a lot of people had a problem with the finale. I did not have a problem with the finale because I felt like they stayed pretty true to the characters and they they respected them. And that's really all I could ask for. A lot of people got hung up on the very last scene, which I think is really stupid. Agreed. Um, but I will say, it sounds like it's all kind of a roller coaster. The all the it seasons is, are in a way. But that four, you have to watch four. Yeah. Uh, and four. sociopath was the word I was looking sociopath. for. Sociopath. Yes. You yes. Know, between psychology and being a sociopath, yes. it's just interesting. And, and Michael C. Hall pulls pulls that oh, off really well. So good, especially for a guy who is pretty charismatic, in my opinion. He is yeah, in real he's, life. He's he charismatic. Really right. he really what the hell you been? Crime scene. What about these? The Hotel Cokehead murders. This dealer and the girl. Oh. Well, this hallmark-looking couple didn't die by the hands of a professional. No, this is child's play. Messy work. All that blood on the walls looks like a finger painting. You give me the fucking creeps. You know that, Dexter? <laughs> yeah, I know. Sorry about that. Fuck you. Okay. Uh, is there something I can do? Yeah, you can give me your fucking analysis on the blood spatter on these killings. You think I'm here to invite you to my nephew's bris? I didn't know you were Jewish. Shut the fuck up and write your report already. Don't even know why I need you. Grab a crayon, psycho, and scribble this down. Rival dealer came in, two scumbags slashed to hell, dealer stole the drugs. Wham, bam, done. And I don't give a shit what you say because that's what happened and that's who I'm looking for. Hey, we are looking for a motherfucking thief dealer. You got it? Okay. Sure. I guess. But I should get over there. Then get over there already, you fucking weirdo. I need it quick. I'm on it, Sergeant. The only real question I have is why, in a building full of cops, all supposedly with a keen insight into the human soul, is Dokes. The only one who gets the creeps from me. So I, I love Dexter, but seriously, if nothing else, you had to watch season four. And John Lithgow's character, the Trinity Killer, probably my number one all-time favorite TV villain. Yep. Cool. All right, Jacob, your number four favorite TV show of all time. I actually had a hard time putting this at number four instead of in, in front of Friends, but since I've gotten older, so this got to be a product of me getting older and what I prefer between now and 15 years ago, I love Everybody Loves Raymond. I, I, I With a passion. Did not see this coming. Well, and, and, and then what begs this up is all the Emmys and the Golden Globes that all of the uh, the actors the and cast, actresses continue yeah. to win throughout, towards the, even the end of the show. Everybody Loves Raymond is basically a, a show about a, a dysfunctional family. I mean, if you want to put it like that. Where, you know... and. Patricia Heaton, who plays Deborah, marries into a family where her husband's Ray Barone, played by Ray Romano. And his parents and his brother are just like, you know, off the wagon. Just all all the crazy characters that you know about from your in-laws. Um, and there's a lot of nostalgia that goes behind this. Whether it's uh, one of my best friends, family, reminds me real close to this. Even my own mother. I love you, Mama. Reminds me of Doris <laughs> Roberts from a certain extent. She's oh, really? uh, she's an extreme version of her. Right. But she just there's loves so, so many much. things that, that <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, the the and I won't say that mom does this, but like, you know, the guilt that she plays into her character. Uh you have like Peter Boyle playing like the you know, the curmudgeon dad, yeah. but you know, you still love him, find a way. I mean, there's so many similarities that you can put this show into with just growing up as an adult. 
And whether it's my family or my friends' families, especially as they are getting married and you know marrying into these families, it's just funny how everyone seems to have their problems with their in-laws. I mean, their in-laws are probably great people, but almost everyone I talk to, not almost everyone, but it seems like a lot of people I talk to, they just find ways to, their, their in-laws are not them. Right. And so like, how do you learn to grow up with them? And this family is just so, I mean, like I said, they're, again, caricatures, but they're so outrageous. Yeah. There was a lot of episodes where it's like, hey, this is how family is. We're going to be honest with you. We're going to kind of throw it in your face. And it may be at the time, especially, I think it was 98 to 2004 when it ran. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's right. Maybe 96. But uh, there was a lot of things that kind of threw in your face that you just didn't see a lot of family-oriented shows. And the first season was kind of raw. I've actually been watching it again this last month. Because, again, I go through my shows. I just watch on repeat. And this is certainly one of them. And it holds up so much better than Friends, which is crazy for me to say, especially the latter episodes. And again, especially just the relationships between the, 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 the sons and their parents, or just the kids and their parents. Are you trying to hide something? Sensuopoly. The board game of love and intimacy. It's just, it's a gag gift that I got for a friend of mine who Loves gags. Oh, really? And who is this lover of gags? Would his name start with an R and end with an Amen? Give me the game. I've heard of these games are for adults only. Oh, my God. Gonna spice things up, eh, Racy? No, it's just... Oh, Raymond, another sex game? What are you talking about? Well, it's like the other one you had when you were younger, with all the colored dots. Twister? <laughs> Don't think I didn't know what was going on downstairs. What? I played with Robert. <laughs> I don't want to hear anymore. This game must be Deborah's doing. Well, it's not. I should have guessed when I opened the fridge with two bottles of white wine. Are you swingers? All right, Mom. You just asked if I was a wife swapper. Now, there's an idea. I don't even have to swap. I'll just make a donation. I love it. I don't. You said your parents watch it, but I don't know if you all have ever really watched oh, it. I watched, no, I, I watched every I don't else. remember really my parents watching it. I watched oh, you do? It. Yeah, oh, okay. I watched it quite a bit. Okay. Same yeah. here. Uh, I like Everybody Loves Raymond. I, I would have... I would have never guessed that one of us would choose it as a favorite show, but I love that you did because it's unique and different. I would not expect, I agree. but I really, really liked it. I enjoyed it, and I thought it was a smart show. I just don't think that I related to it on the level that you do, and maybe yeah. that's yeah. the difference. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I definitely, I've it's, probably seen every episode at least once. It's so funny to compare this to, and my mom has quit listening, so I can get away with this. It's so funny to see my sister compare these some of these components to you know, my family or like my best friend and his parents. Right. It is so funny. Like I actually, my best friend's wife is so much like, and she, I've always, I said this to her before and she has said other people have told her this before that a lot of people remind her of Patricia, uh, 
Deborah. Of, of Deborah. Right. And she's like, why? Because I'm a bitch. And it's like, it's like, <laughs> no, it's because you're dealing with crazy people in a way, you know, and not crazy because it's not fair, but, she's, but just she's out of like this world elements. Was she, was she she's, re- she's the backbone of this family right, and right. she's losing her mind, which kind of makes her come off like that. Right. But it's just like the irrationalities that continuously happen throughout these episodes. Right. Does she ask you that in a really bitchy way? No, 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 no. It, it's actually pretty fascinating. Some of the similarities this show has with so many people throughout my life. And, I, and so maybe a lot of it is nostalgia. I, I love everybody. And personal them. connection. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. again, I can say, I can put, the, I can easily put this show on my list because of the Emmys and Golden Globes that back it up. Yeah, it's, it was a good show. I actually owned season one on DVD uh, randomly. Uh, yeah, I, that's a fun choice. Would not have expected it. I support your choice. Cool. <laughs> Rachel, your number four favorite TV show of all time. Okay, I'm... I'm sure I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this is on both of your lists. So I'm not really going to ask either one of you to jump in that much because I think it's actually rated kind of low, but it's Game of Thrones. Um, to say that it's rated low as the number four best show of all time is kind of a preposterous statement. But favorite. It, favorite. Favorite. But also probably one of the best shows of all time. Well, no, I'm just saying. You can, I mean, it is, that's the it, qualification. It is this different. is your favorite list. You can the reason. Let me justify want. why it's at number four. Uh, because it, it has not given us its full run yet. Um, I have no complaints about Game of Thrones whatsoever. It's an incredible show for me to like it. For someone who doesn't like anything that's really fantasy or sci-fi or magical or any kind of period piece. For me to really like it doesn't make any sense, but it's because uh, the characters are so interesting and um, that it's really just the characters. The storyline and the backdrop of everything also really interesting, but the characters are what keep me uh, invested in this show. Uh, but I do have it at number four just because it hasn't made its full run yet. The writers are hitting a point where they're about to be ahead of the books I'm interested to see how they, they're going to deal with that. I do have faith in them. I don't think that it's going to drop or anything like that. But just because it's it's hard for me to look at a work without seeing the complete thing and knowing where it's going to land in my favorite shows of all time. But it currently sits at number four, which is pretty dang amazing. And I don't see it going downhill anytime soon. I've never been disappointed yet. No, no. They... The world building in Game of Thrones is simply amazing. It is. I haven't seen anything like it since J.R.R. Tolkien. Yeah. And and I would take that a step further, and ju- just because we are seeing so much more screen time of this than we ever did of Tolkien's stories, this isn't a jab at Tolkien or to say that George R. 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 Smith is any Martin, better than Martin. 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 I'm sorry, uh, George R. R. Martin uh, is any better than Tolkien. Uh, but the world is even bigger from what we've seen. Yeah, maybe it's uh, not even fair to Tolkien because you know, we I'm could saying. read those books 50 years ago and we're familiar with them, whereas this we're seeing it as it goes along. Right, right exactly. They're building both the TV show and, unfortunately, the yeah. books at the same time It's not at fair, this point. It's not a fair comparison, but I'm just saying I've never seen anything like it. it for me, it's just kind of the world building. All. Yeah. Um, I love Game of Thrones. Yep, likewise. That's a great choice. My number four favorite TV show of all time is my nostalgia pick, Family Ties. I, uh, as someone who grew up in both the 80s and the 90s, um, you know... Was well, mostly the 80s. Ah, yeah, both. 76. Anyways, Family Ties, of course, sorry, Michael J. Fox, he won like six or seven Emmys for it, uh, for best uh, 
comedy actor. Alex P. Keaton, one of my all-time favorite characters. Uh, Michael Gross as Stephen Keaton, his father, is also hilarious. Those two are the backbone, really, of the show. Um, they're both so funny. Now, this is uh, a show. It was a it was a huge show back in the day. I actually remember it and Cosby Show were always duking it out for number one and number two as far as like TV ratings. It won a ton of Emmys. Critics, audiences both loved it. Um, says here Michael J. Fox won three Emmys and was nominated for three more. Oh, okay. So there you that's go. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> Which true. I think we all in this room will agree. Michael J. Fox is so was so. Awesome. Oh, he, he is well, awesome. Well, and this yeah. was in his heyday. Yeah. Right, exactly. Well, and what was amazing was you know it debuted in '82, and Back to the Future came out in '85. He was a star already because of Family Ties. Um, Zemeckis really, really wanted him for Back to the Future. Ended up hiring Eric Stoltz because they couldn't work out his scheduling because of Family Ties. Uh, but they didn't like Stoltz at all. They filmed like a third of the movie with Stoltz. Yeah. We're not happy at all. They're like, we have to have Michael J. Fox. So they worked out a deal where Michael J. Fox would film, yeah, film Family Ties movie. half the day, then zip over and film Back to the Future at night. He was running on like three hours of sleep, filming both of them. But thankfully, uh, they hired him. And of course, he became, it was so cool because he became a superstar. He was already a star with Family Ties, became a superstar with Back to the Future, and yet here he was still doing a TV show. Uh, he kept with it through 89. Uh, nostalgia pick, but it holds up today. It's really, really funny, but also a lot of drama in the show as well. Handled a lot of really serious subjects, but did it in a really, really great way. I don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually watched it as an adult. You didn't uh, watch it as like growing up at all? No, because I was a little kid when it was on. I wasn't, you know, 14, 15 like I was, you were. I was still watching Sesame Street. Hey, in my defense, I was six when it debuted, and I was 13 when it ended. I guess I when was just ahead end? of the 89. Oh, so I was six. I'm just saying, so I was, no, I I didn't was, watch it I was young watching it. <laughs> I just started watching Ninja Turtles in 89. So. <laughs> uh, but I did watch it as an adult, and it's still funny. I mean, it, it's like really? really, really funny. There was a lot of times that I was I was really cracking up. And I love Alex B. Keaton. He's your funny jackass character. Yes. Um, I love his dad. Stephen Keaton is amazing he's one of the best tv dads he's my number is. one yeah favorite tv dad of all time yeah he's definitely he'd be up there for me and i'm not somebody who even grew up with the show and then um hey what's oh his nick. nick nick mallory's boyfriend Mallory's boyfriend was such yeah, a nick. great addition oh yeah a lot, of times, Scott Valentine. a lot of times they'll try to add those characters in and they just don't fit they did it on full house with several of dj's boyfriends and i was like ugh, just whatever uh but nick I loved Nick so much. Nick was a great... He, so was Skip. Skip Skippy Skip, was a great Skippy character. Skippy is a great so. character as well. The, a lot of the side characters are great. And of course, his sisters are also good. The moms... I mean, like every character yeah. in this in the show is really good. So if you haven't watched Family Ties, even now I would recommend that you do that. It's It will hold up. Absolutely. And, and all the way till the end. Mallory, uh, can I talk to you for a second? What is it? I was thinking, Mallory, yesterday... You came to me in your hour of need to ask of me a favor. I think that my rejection might have been a little hasty. You mean you'll go out with Sherry? Yeah, I, I think so. Great! That is wonderful! Uh, there is, however, one small favor that I'd like to ask of you. Name it. Anything. 
I'd like you to go out on a date with uh, young Irwin here. I'd rather enter a convent. I'm flattered by the competition. Come on, Mallory, we can make this palatable. It doesn't have to be a long date. You don't even have to be civil. Do you have to talk to him? Skip? Well, a couple of words would be nice. Of course you'll have to talk to him. Then it's off. Conversation's overrated, Skippy. The important thing is you'll be together. Okay, forget the talking. I'm flexible on that one. Do I have to go out in public with him? That's up to Alex. Oh, yeah, I'm afraid so. See, we'll double date. We'll go together to the Pineu dance. I'm not dancing with him. There's not going to be any dancing, Skippy. <laughs> There's got to be dancing. This point is non-negotiable. I don't think he's bluffing, Mallory. All right, one dance. Two dances, one slow. Mallory? I'd almost rather die than do this. Sounds like a yes to me, Skip. <laughs> it, it never, it never drops off, and it really does. I love it so because, like, you, I love that you watch it as an adult and you say that it still holds up. Because you know, a lot of times these are nostalgic, and you view it in a different lens than somebody watching it for the first time. And a lot of those shows don't hold up, um, you know, from the '80s and things like that. The comedy's not as good, but this holds up. And I really love that when it when it tackles the dramatic elements, and it's probably because they had the benefit of Michael J. Fox, a great actor, and mm. uh, and Michael Gross. Mm. Okay, for a, a sitcom. For a sitcom. There's, there's one. There's one episode in particular that was really emotional, and it was cringeworthy for Michael J. Fox. I love Michael J. Fox. <laughs> Were you gonna say Michael J. Some Fox? <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Okay, that said, for the most part, I can't remember that particular For the episode. most part, been... when there's emotional things that happen when um, Tom Hanks Yeah, shows the, up. the alcoholic drunk and uncle. That's that's handled really well. Yeah. Uh, and, and some other characters, I know that you noticed Courtney Cox was in it. He, she played Michael J. Fox's girlfriend. Uh, a lot of big stars uh, have yeah, there's some, recurring some roles cameos and, in there. and family ties. And one of the best theme songs of all time as well. Just right. ask Murray Goldberg. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's a throwback. Uh, I got that. <laughs> all right. Jacob, your number three favorite TV show of all time. I'm guessing y'all knew this would come up at some point. I think it's the smartest comedy of all time. It's Arrested Development. I knew it. Yeah, I knew it. Absolutely. I, 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 I talk about it in and out throughout this podcast so far. I, I think it is ingenious. I've never seen anything like it. The way they built this story, I'm guessing we've all seen this, yeah. right? Yeah. Right? Okay. Uh, the way they build the storyline, honestly, it, it, it blows my mind what they have done with this first two seasons. The, thir- the third season, you know, was okay, but I'll say this. First season, it won an Emmy. Mm-hmm. I don't think it won a Globe and Globe. I but, can't remember. you know, it's rare that a, a, t- a comedy will win an Emmy its first season, and it did. And actually, I don't think it won its second season. I, I don't have it in front of me. Uh, but... The characters in Arrested Development, I've never seen any, I just have never seen anything like it. The fact that, you know, Fox picked it up was kind of a big deal. I mean, where Arrested Development went wrong is where it decided to go head to head with Grey's Anatomy on Sunday night, because I think it used to be on Monday or Tuesday nights. And that's why the show canceled, because they tried to go head to head, and it was just a complete disaster as far as viewing, which is nuts, which is why Netflix picked it up, because there's such a huge cult following for this show. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm not Big saying time. it's like Freaks and Geeks. I'm not saying it's like a couple of other ones. This is one of the big, in my opinion, one of the biggest cult followings. It definitely is. As sure. far as TV shows go. And there's even talks for a movie that I think kind of fell through. Uh, they're even talking about recutting the fourth season to make it more like the first three seasons. 
because let's all let's all just get this out of the way. The, the four seasons, if you want to call it that, that was on Netflix. It's not like Arrested Development. So right. let's just talk about the first two seasons of Arrested Development. Job, Lindsay, Buster, <laughs> Tobias, uh, you know George Blue Senior. I mean, just ingenious characters. Uh, all of them, and, and, and it's always like, who do you who who do you love? Because I say, well, I love Tobias or I love Job, but how can you say that with saying I love Tobias or sorry, how, or without saying like I love Michael or you know George Michael? I mean, I, I don't know. Someone jump in here. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it, it, I just think it's the most it's the smartest show I've ever or the smartest comedy I've ever watched. Oh, I think it's. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I think it's it's hilarious, and I think it was ahead of its time in a way. Um, it kind of did something first that other shows hadn't done and I think that's why it failed um, from a rating standpoint. You mentioned Grey's Anatomy which probably did play a, a factor but it's one of those that uh, it finally kind of became appreciated after the fact and developed that huge cult following. Um, like you said, very vivid characters and really smart comedy. Yeah. I, I almost think it might have been too smart for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, it lost people. And it that's is. why it didn't and that's why it didn't do well with a mass audience. But there is a large sect of people that really love it. I will say, I Arrested Development is not one of my favorite shows of all time, but I do think it is a really, really smart comedy um, with well-thought-out characters and all that kind of stuff. To me, they were just so cynical. <laughs> very, very um, cynical. And you know what? That, you're nailing probably one. I, I think Arrested Development is hilarious, but you're saying exactly what I feel there wasn't any characters that I could love and completely root for. George Michael was the closest. He was the closest, and, for sure. And I what, did what like... What about Michael Blue, like Jason Bateman? Because he, he was no, the innocent no, guy. No, he wasn't. He was just trying to work no. kind of, with these crazy that's, family members. That's he was what, kind of a jerk. That's what, you, he would have, <laughs> that's what he would have you believe, yes. and I think that's what he was really striving for. Yeah. But he was just as awful as the rest of them. You know, yeah. I, I haven't watched this as much in the last five years as I did the, the, you know, the 2000s. And I watched it a lot in the early 2000s, especially since it came back on Netflix. Right. And I mean, I used to quote it pretty well. There's a lot oh, there's of quotable lines. There's yeah. fantastic lines in show. it. And, I say, I've... and that's what you were saying a minute ago. That it's it, it can go over your head so quickly. And most people I encourage to watch it's like, hey, you have to pay attention. Right. Yeah, I it mean, moves you really fast. You cannot pick it up from an from a middle of a season. You have to watch it at the beginning to yeah. understand. There are so many inside jokes oh, that yeah. start from the yep. first episode that go into yep. the second season. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking things like seals. Mm-hmm. And things like that. It just blows your mind, the inside jokes that are on, on this show. And that's, I mean, it, it's just, it's ingenious. I think it's ingenious. Although, George Michael, I'd love for you to come with me when I cut the ribbon at the new house. Oh, wow. Hey, can I bring Ann? Who? Ann. You know, she's, she's the girl I'm kind of hanging out with. I haven't met Ann. Yes, you have. Michael had met Ann. Let her in. She, that's, that's her right over there. Oh, Anne. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Anne. I know, Anne. Hey, That's you. Her. She's got a little hard-boiled egg going there. Oh, it's so cute. She sometimes takes a little pack of mayonnaise, and she'll squirt it in her mouth, and then she'll take an egg and kind of... <laughs> she calls it a mayonnaise. <laughs> Are you okay? I don't feel so good. You know, I kind of want to buy her a diamond. Her? Anne. I mean, I know I can't afford it, but Aunt Lindsay was telling me about this diamond cream. 
George Michael, um, I'm sure that Egg is a very nice person. I just don't want you spending all Damn. your money getting her all right. glittered up for Easter, oh. you know? More importantly, I want us to do this together, kind of like a father-son sort of thing, you know? And since Pop-Up is no longer president, we get to do it. But I thought Job was president now. Yeah, and I don't have any problem with that. I, I agree. It's a really, really smart comedy, and I don't think that dumb people will enjoy it. My problem is with comedies, I like to have someone to root for. I like to have, I, I like to, to have a little bit of heart. Really, Arrested Development does not have a heart. <laughs> yeah, that's but for it's, sure. No. But it's really, really smart. Uh, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you that, I guess, when you put it in that perspective. But I, I guess I just don't care because I just love, <laughs> even though they're all, you know, maybe not, maybe not so much uh, uh, Buster, but... Uh, I, I just I love every single character in the show, except for maybe. Well, and most of my friends would agree with you. Yeah, on that. I love I love I love the show. Rachel, your number three favorite TV show of all time. My number three is Parks and Rec. Great choice. Which is, it's even interesting to me that Parks and Rec ended up so high on my list. But I had a lot of shows that I really loved. Spoiler alert: Dexter did not make my list because. Uh, I kind of narrowed my list down by shows that I felt like remained consistent all the way through, that I loved all the way through, and I just can't say that about Dexter. But Parks and Rec Technically, is, couldn't you say the first season of Parks and Rec wasn't that good? Now It got so, better. Well, though. I'm just saying, though. It was, you it was the least good. It was a crescendo as opposed to... It was not a bad I'm just, season I'm just nitpicking you. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> Parks and Rec is one of the funniest we've talked about it on this podcast before but it's so smart it's so funny uh like jacob talked about all the characters are so well thought out that they all have individual relationships and they all have a group relationship with one another i just cannot say enough good things about parks and rec and i relate to it on a lot of different levels every day i find myself relating back to parks and rec for some reason even if it's just little scenes i know i've used the scene of um Andy running. Running's impossible. <laughs> Every, I'm hot. Everything, the running's impossible. It sucks. Uh, I refer back to that scene. The other day, I it's one of those shows that I just leave on and I rewatch why I do things. Yeah, I get that. Um, now that I finally watched it this year, but, I totally get it. Uh, the scene where Anne is trying to talk to Ron's stepkids and she's like, hey, dudettes, what's <laughs> up? And she's like, super, she's like, do you like Coldplay? Like, she's just so awkward with the kids. That is absolutely me with children, 100%. Um, I, I love Parks and Rec, and I think that it, I think that it's relatable enough that anybody can watch it, but it, if, it's, if you're smart enough to get it, you'll really appreciate a lot of the other jokes. And you can re-watch this over and over and catch more and more jokes. I found this typewriter next to the courtyard dumpster, an old Underwood 5 with original carriage return. Oh. Took her home, polished her up, bought a brand new ribbon off of electronicbay.com. Okay, somebody's got to do something. I'm getting a cluster headache. Oh, 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 he's leaving. Let's go. I gotta throw it away. No, I'm not. It weighs a billion tons. Oh, what is he typing anyway? If you sons of bitches try to remove this typewriter, I'll kill you. I'm gonna type every word I know. Rectangle, America, Megaphone, Monday, 
butthole. Yeah, unlike The Office, because it does spin off of The Office. Oh, it's the same writers. We all, we all. Well, I figured that out as I was watching it. But there's so much camaraderie, kind of what you just said. Unlike The Office, right? And you kind of do feel like that unit that this show mm-hmm. builds. And you really kind of love every single character, and you do, for the most part, pull for every single character yeah. on this show. Yeah, it's kind of the anti-Arrested Development, whereas Arrested Development yeah. had a bunch of smart, asses. smartly written characters <laughs> that were asses. Parks and Rec, is they're all likable and lovable. Even the, the gruffy people like Donna and Ron are really, really likable. Oh, yeah. uh, even really crazy Tammy is likable. I guess she's not, but, <laughs> but I see she's, she's fun, awesome. She's, she's a fun, fun character. And yeah, she's hilarious. I was even so... Jeremy Jam. Yeah, <laughs> even Jeremy Jam. <laughs> I, I was so pleasantly surprised when I watched this show. For anyone who's never watched it, I strongly encourage watching it. For someone who just started watching it this year, I, I think it's a great show. And just because I haven't finished it yet is the only reason why it may not be, you know, be on my list. I'm really, really big on characters with TV shows because you're investing your time continually hour after hour, season after season, year after year, and so I had to have characters I like, and uh, Parks and Rec is loaded with great characters. Besides all, it's it's hilarious. It's one of my top three or four favorite comedies of all time. Uh, just missed my list, but I do love it, but the characters would make it so great. Um, I certainly put it in The Office, and if you like The Office, I think you'll like Parks and Rec, at least the four, first four seasons of The Office. Yep, agreed. Uh, Office of Parks Record like neck and neck for me. Uh, it dropped off so far. Though. It did drop off, but after again, Michael Scott old, left, it was really right. It, you're right. Like it the is high of it neck, is like so high. Maybe I'm just in a high on Parks and Rec. You're right. The first four seasons of The Office oh, was really incredible. Good. Yeah. Now, segging into my number three favorite TV show of all time, I just talked about how much I love characters, and that is the reason why I love this show so much. This is a polarizing show. You mentioned this show. Uh, to people who have watched it, half the people will tell you it's the greatest show they've ever seen, and they love it. Half of them will be like, ugh, I stopped watching that after season three. And or, that will be the consensus in this room as well. Uh, yes. Uh, I imagine it probably will be. Lost. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's the half that hated it. I need to rewatch Lost, I think. Lost? Okay, here's the deal with Lost. We know the reasons why people say that they didn't like it. It got too crazy. The writers never knew where they were going. Uh, One season it, was it during got, the writer's bl- the writer's strike. I, I which hated is unfair the, to the show, right? Too. I hated the time travel stuff like that. I know the arguments against it. Now, they didn't wrap up all the mysteries. I know the arguments against it. Whatever. Here's the thing with Lost. One, the production values were incredible. Two, uh, regardless of whether they wrapped up every mystery. I've never got so involved, like delving into a show and trying to unlock, the, like what does this mean? What does this mean? What is who is this? Why is this happening? I was so into Lost when Lost was on. It was it was the all time best TV show to watch live while it's going on, and then after you watch an episode, spend all week going online, reading theories, reading what other people have to say, discussing it with your friends, trying to figure out what it all means. And then going back to the next episode and like it blowing your mind again. Every episode ended on some uh, cliffhanger that just got you so excited about the next one. The the ends of seasons were outstanding. Remember like how you felt at the end of season one 
when they found the hatch, when they oh, opened the hatch, like what is going on? That's like on? a memorable moment in my life. Yes. The first couple seasons were amazing and every episode was a cliffhanger. Yep. I, I mean, I, I will certainly give it that credit. It became pretty exhausting. It just became so exhausting, especially when you start adding the elements on the other side of the island. Well, but I love this stuff on the other side. Of the, I loved all, all that stuff. I loved. And then... But my number one, the, the, the thing that I was going to get to that I just completely loved was the characters. We talked about with Parson Uh They created some outstanding characters from Jack, Sawyer, uh, uh, Hurley, Saeed, uh, uh, gosh, I mean, Eric, Jen, Son, Kate, I mean, Locke. Locke was outstanding. Locke was pretty cool. Uh, ben, Ben, one of the all-time great yeah, villains. Yeah, Ben's, Ben's a great villain. Uh, Desmond, Charlie, Michael. I mean... The characters in Lost were so so good, and uh, oh, the end of season three I had to mention is uh, the the season finale, of season three, maybe my all time favorite TV episode ever, uh, because of the twist that happens and then all the things that happen leading up to it. Um, it's not Penny's boat, gotcha. Uh, and then we have to go back. All happens in that which episode. I got spoiled on. Oh, gosh. Probably I, to, I, I I watched it so I jammed it all in together. Again, some of my problems with some of these shows is that I jam it all in together, and I don't even know what episode you're talking about right now. Uh, which is not good, right? I I, I gotta quit. The deal with I am loss, quitting doing this. Um, the <laughs> deal with, with loss that may be difficult now is that if you didn't watch it at the time, I don't know that it will hold up the same going back because it was such a huge phenomenon. Everybody was talking about it. Everybody was reading the fan theories. Now that if you're watching it now, you probably know basically the basic storyline of it. You kind of know how it ended. Um, it's probably like a Game of Thrones right now in a way from a certain perspective. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah I mean, they're, they're, so, they're so yeah. deep that you can get into it if you wanted to get into it. And at the time, like that was kind of a an all-consuming thing. Like, I remember I would just read article after article and theories. Like, I read through, they had like the lost wiki i was reading that like every single week Mm -hmm. um so it would be hard to capture that again if you're just watching it for the first time that's unfortunate uh but still the first probably three or i don't remember what i think the first first four seasons were incredibly strong really strong um but again even though i do think that it the change between those seasons was pretty drastic from four on um, I still was invested in it because I love the characters, like Brandon said. The the char- they didn't. The one thing that they remained true to was their characters, and yes. and I can forgive a whole lot if I'm still invested in the characters. And that's where a lot of shows go wrong is that they'll jack with their characters, and then it makes them kind of unlike what like Entourage did this. Yeah. Um, had built up this great cast, and you loved all of them, and then they just completely made you dislike the characters. So then you just stopped caring about the show altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, but lost stayed strong to their characters and so i i get the backlash i understand why there's so many bad things to say about it well that's a kind of a credit to jj abrams which we bring up a lot he's good he's why i like sci-fi he i will watch his sci-fi because he makes really good characters that's why i liked star trek i i grew up watching star trek and hated it but his star trek i really liked because he did so well at developing these characters star wars december 18th (laughs) can't wait so, yes, J.J. Abrams is awesome. I'll but credit to What him. was so cool about this, the last thing I'll say is, 
it was sci-fi, but it was mystery, it was drama, it was comedy, fantasy. it was romance, it was fantasy, yep. it was action, it was adventure. It was pretty much every single genre, even some horror elements. When the pilot you, is, yeah. like, is like a movie. The pilot is like a movie. The production values for the pilot and like that one encompassing episode. Yep. So good. My number three favorite TV show of all time is Lost. Yeah, I know a lot of people be right there with you. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, it's polarizing. I think the first time I brought it up, I was I think I overshot how much I was frustrated with it. Mm-hmm. I I and as I thought on it, it's like you know I liked Lost. I just watched too much at once. Yeah, and it you, you have do to need s- time to sit and think about yes. it. Yeah. You definitely that's definitely not something that you want to just shotgun. Yeah, I lo- I respect Lost. It it can be overkill for sure. Jacob, your number two favorite TV show of all time. My one and two are very hard for me. So I'll say that my number two is The Wire. And I F-bomb love The Wire. (laughs) (laughs) I love The Wire. I mean, talk about a show where you create characters in a world, a realistic, you know, setting. I mean, the first season alone, everyone I ever say who watches The Wire, you have to wait till the ninth episode. Yep, that's because it's a very slow burn the first season, and after that, it doesn't matter what season you're watching; it's not slow at all because you are so invested by the story that that David Simon created. Yes, it is a fascinating story that involves um, crime. I mean, what is it? It's basically you know drugs and corruption within the police department. Mm And the, the, what's so cool about The Wire is that you find yourself pulling for the bad guys and going against the good guys, and vice versa. And one of the coolest characters of all time in The Wire is Officer Jimmy McNulty, uh, played by uh, Dominique West. I, I just think he was so fun to watch throughout this show. I mean, there's so many, there's there's so many great Omar. characters. I mean, we have Stringer Bell, Omar, Omar indeed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just Stringer Bell is awesome. Stringer Bell is yeah. cool. Yeah. I mean, and that Brother of course that gave us Idris Elba. Brother Mazzone. I mean. Great. And that's the thing. You can go through about 20, 30, 40 Bubbles. characters. Oh. Yeah, and Bubbles. really just kind of pick apart some just great things about this show. What was so crazy about The Wire is that it went under the way, the radar while The Sopranos was on television. Mm-hmm. And then became just this phenomenon. And again, kind of a cult following, unfortunately, because The Sopranos was such a big deal. And I think what we have now is a show that far exceeds The Sopranos in so many ways and so many people will never know about it unless they just happen to keep up with film and television and just happen to read articles. I can tell my mom and dad all about it all day long, but they'll might say, nah, I'd rather watch the Sopranos. And there's nothing wrong with the Sopranos. Sopranos had some groundbreaking great elements about it, but the wire is, was just an amazing television show and anybody who's never watched it, you have to watch, you have to see it. How they turn each season into its own kind of show was another intriguing thing yeah, about it. I agree. The first season was basically building the wire. The second season was about where are the drugs coming from and kind of built around the, the the port area. You know, the the third season was more about I don't know the projects and um, the yeah, third season was about the, was almost housing. and it, it's interesting that kind of got middle, back to the first season. It's, the, but, uh, it's it, it was kind of like the the bridgeway to it all. Yes. It was kind of like. Everything kind the of fourth season, season was about three. the kids. The fifth yeah. season was about the newspaper. And of course, right. you know, if you don't know anything about David Simon, he used to write for the newspaper in the Baltimore Sun. Yeah, Baltimore Sun. So I mean, he had these background elements to create this story. He 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 knew how to write it and to build and, and again build these. Even the corruption side of the of the politics 
that go into you almost makes you wonder if some of these people are real people in, in a way because of how well, how corrupt it's written. And listen, I'm, I'm not so stupid. I know, I know a lot of corruption goes on in politics and stuff. And it's just, it's just, it's like follow the money mm-hmm. and yeah. it will get you in a lot of trouble. And this show does that, which is so funny because The Wire originally is just about a drug bust initially, right? right and right. just follow the money. Just keep that in mind when you watch this. It, it goes so many avenues. Uh, it, it is... I have such a hard time with that my number one show and right now because, and I can easily flip up the two. I, I think The Wire is it blows out pretty much any show I've ever ever seen by far. It's been a week, McNulty. Do you got something on Stringer or you don't? Try to sell me a condo, cocksucker. Might as well join the rotary and take up golf or some shit. He's running with the hounds, though I'll bet his heart is still with the fox. Stringer's out of the game. Mr. Bell has become the bank. The bank? The bank plays it legit. He generates a good bit of honest income, but at the same time, his money finances packages that he himself will never touch. He won't go near the street. He's insulated from the everyday operations of the corner. The money that comes back is then laundered through enough straight business investments that there's no way to trace it. A player gets at that point, there ain't no way in hell a working police is going to tie a can to his tail. Oh, man. If you look on any critic list, um, any, any list that TV journalists, experts, and things like that have put together... They will always tell you the greatest shows of all time are either there's a big debate. It was always between Sopranos and The Wire. Now it's Sopranos, Wire, or Breaking Bad. Those are like the three Mash. that are listed. Mash gets listed. Uh, but but those are really, for the most part, the ones that are argued. And I was very, very mad that this was... I could not decide. I even told Rachel before. I was like, I can't decide between my five and my six. I can't decide between my... I couldn't decide between Dexter and The Wire for my number five. Now, you probably thought it was going to be in my top two, right? Uh, that's how much I love The Wire. If I, if I were making the best list, it would be in my top. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. That that, that makes sense. Uh, if I were making the best, it would be in my top two. Um, favorite is my number six. I finally decided on Dexter. But The Wire, I have got so many people to watch The Wire because, like you said, it went under the radar People didn't want to watch it. it. It's it's a it's a slow burn, so people get impatient with it, and it didn't get a lot of notoriety until after the fact. The critics were always all about it, but then it became a, a phenomenon afterwards, kind of a cult phenomenon. Well, I will also say too is anyone I've ever convinced to finally watch this show, all of them has said it's in their top of all time shows. Same, same here. All of them have said same that. here. If I've you never, actually, I never I never met one person yeah. who didn't like this show. If you actually commit to watching the show, you will love it. But you obviously have told smart people to watch it. I would that's exactly what I was going to say. This is this is a really smart show and it is a slow burn. I couldn't recommend it to just any of my friends. I need friends that are willing to commit to actually watching it and getting through the slow burn to get to how interesting these characters really are and how deep el- all of the elements go into it. So I will say, as if someone hasn't seen it, be warned that it is slow burn. There are about 45 characters, and they're going to uh. throw... <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are a million characters, and 
And I remember watching it just kind of like kind of like Game of Thrones was at the beginning, too. Yeah. They're throwing names at you and they're talking about stuff and you have no idea what they're talking about as as a new viewer. You have no idea what you're getting into. You're hearing a lot of names being thrown around and that can be very frustrating. Um, but it'll all work itself out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if, if you stick with it. But that's the caution that I'm giving going into it. It's it's well worth the time and the investment in it. But be forewarned that that's the kind of stuff that you're going to be facing. But. Game of Thrones is worth it, and The Wire is worth it. Just stick with it. Yeah. Let me let me ask you to this: Do you ever have to watch shows on subtitles because there's so many names and characters? That's like I can only keep up with the show if I every once in a while, you know. or after I watch an episode, I'll go and look up the characters' names. Or if I sometimes I'll even pause it and be like, "Who was that?" And I'll go and find a picture of them and be like, right. "Oh, it was yeah. that guy." Okay. Yeah. I mean, this is certainly and and I and I've always. I watch a lot of movies and TV shows on subtitles, and I know that it annoys a lot of people. It but annoys I, me. It doesn't. I <laughs> My mean, and, does. and, 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 and me I'll crazy. give you that, but for a show like The Wire, it certainly helps because it is unbelievable the name dropping they do oh, yeah. before you even come close to meeting some of them. Yeah, right. Which exactly. is tough. Which is insane it, in a way. That's one of the toughest things about the Godfather does it. that. Goodfellas does yeah, that. I a mean, lot of, well, a lot of Scorsese movies do that. I mean, but it, it, that just shows you the development of characters and writing and things like that. Well, and what's so great about that, these are the type of writers. God, the Game ones of Thrones you, does it too. Yeah, the ones that you mentioned, these are all by great writers. Yeah. And you know what great writers do? They don't give a crap. They're not going to spell it out. They're not going to spell it out. They're just like, this is the story. You're dropping right into it. If, if you're you, smart, you'll, you'll, catch you'll catch it. And if not, screw you. I'm not writing for you because right. I'm I'm a smart writer. Exactly. And I'm going to write. And that's how the wires. Yeah. I could argue, even though it's not my number one uh, of all time. Like I said, I, I I was I was so mad it wasn't my number five. But I could argue that it may be the best written show of all time from the standpoint. It's so good. Because there are so many characters, and I think what what makes it so smart to me is it's it's somehow so entertaining and all those things, but it refuses to be anything but realistic. Like there are a lot of times in this show where David Simon could have like, ah, this would be a more fun show if I did this. This right. would be a bigger bang up if I did this. If I add a little bit more violence here, if I killed this person off. But he never did that. It, it always stayed true to, I think because of his newspaper background, he was writing a lot of these based on uh, real stories that happened and things like that. He refused to do anything other than what could happen in real life. And even though my number one, I think maybe the, I would argue it for as far as best writing or whatever, number two also, um, I would say those sometimes did go use the entertainment value like, Mm, I agree. Yeah, this isn't realistic, but I'm gonna do this because it's entertaining. David Simon never, never did, did that. that, which is which, but but still find a way to pull it off. Yeah, but still found a way to be yeah. entertaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, lots we, of love for the wire. Oh yeah. god, the wire it deserves. Okay. P.S. <laughs> there's a Parks and Rec wire joke that's coming up, and you're gonna love oh, it. Oh, cool, cool. Oh, you're not caught up to Parks and Rec. I'm only through four seasons. I, oh, I stopped. Right. I stopped. I wonder how many people got the joke, but right. oh my gosh, it's one of my favorite jokes in in Parks and Rec okay. history. Yeah, I'm just taking a break for a little while. All right, Rachel, you're wait. What are, yeah, Rachel, yeah. your number two favorite show of all time. Jacob's gonna give give all sorts of crap about this probably, but it's Breaking Bad, and I don't care. I I f bomb love that show. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And obviously, a lot of people agree with me, but it's a fascinating it's a fascinating story to watch Walter White turn from 
I, I mean, he just got beat up on. Like, he was just a dorky chemistry teacher and his boss was mean to him and he just took everybody's crap. He was like a punching bag for his wife and his bosses and disrespectful kids in his classroom. And to watch his transformation into this drug lord is really fascinating and it's spelt out. It's done really, really uh, smartly. But one of the big reasons I love it is because of Jesse, which I know Jacob. He's the only character that, that annoys me on that. He's the only character in that show that annoys me. Because I mean, I still I I have Breaking Bad as a, of a nine on here. I think it was a, a a great show, but yeah, Jesse drove me nuts. I loved Jesse. Another show I so binge watched much. way too much. Um, Jesse was just he, it's not fair, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jesse is just a he's just a pot dealing kid. He's he's a burnout. He's not a big deal. He gets dragged into this thing because he happens to know how to uh, sell. Meth. Because he know he knows what. Yeah, he he knows a little bit. He a little he's bit. Not you're right, very, you're right, he's you're not right. even very good at what he does, <laughs> but he's just the only connection that Walter White has. Which is to what this makes the world. first season so great. They're just kind of winging it as they go along. Yeah. Right. You think about the episodes of them out in the desert in like their jacuzzi, mm-hmm. you know, truck, whatever, like you know, making meth. I mean, there were some really great episodes out there. But it to watch Jesse's story is just as interesting to me as Walter White because he he was just a kid. He may or may not have grown out of what he was doing, dealing drugs, doing whatever. He could have grown out of that. But he got wrapped up into this world, and he never would have been exposed to any of this if it weren't for Walter White. And to watch his disintegration and then to watch him be built up again and then watch him plummet. I mean, he's a roller coaster, and this kid really didn't deserve any of the things that he was going through. Uh, He was kind of just looking for a father figure and ran into Walter White. Um, is what happened. So I, I think it's fascinating. Obviously, it won a whole bunch of awards. A lot of people, uh, people caught on to it. And like, I don't know, the fourth yeah, like season, the it was season weird. Like so nobody, like, wa- well, nobody was watching That's actually when I caught on this. was the fourth season because you, Brandon, talked me into it. Oh, yeah, nice. no, yeah, nobody yeah. was really watching Breaking Bad. It was going kind of under the radar. It was, it was. doing It was doing fine for the for AMC. But it was it such wasn't a weird deal. And it was I like have no idea. Well, because when you think, I remember when the, when the commercials came out for it and I'm like, what are we doing with her, like uh, the scientific table or whatever? Right. I mean, I was like, yeah. well, I, I wonder. Mean, plus, I wonder was that AMC's first big table. periodic table? Was that was that was that AMC's first show, big show? Or was that Mad, Mad Men? Mad, Mad Men was, you know, and still Mad Men's not for everybody. So right. here we have just one more AMC trial show where you've got a teacher who makes meth. First of all, when you think of meth, it's not like oh, that's enticing, but it's I a, don't know. I mean, it's a. It's a dirty drug. I wonder if if they got put on Netflix. I wonder if that's what did it. For it him, it might have been. Can... That Certainly might have helped. been what did it. That's where and, I really kind of saw and it. And the people who loved it, like like Rachel and I, started telling everybody, like, you got to watch it. And maybe I don't know what happened that summer. Everybody started listening to us I and think... actually took our advice. But suddenly everybody. Well, else I think that might have been it. a really good cliffhanger too. I think it might have been the the where... half measures episode. Yes. I love Breaking Bad. I love it. It's a 10 out of a 10 to me. This is going to sound so weird what I'm about to say because I tell everybody to watch it. And I was like, it's biggest. I actually was the one that I was like, we got to watch the show Breaking Bad. I'm hearing great things about it. We started watching season one. And uh, I love Breaking Bad. 10 out of 10. Like I said. But- now this can be crazy. This can sound so- I think it's become slightly overrated. I know that sounds crazy. It, I will. I I, I, I th- go ahead because this is your pick. You're, 
I think you think that it it did pick up and it it got ridiculous. Like, there. like it the, really did get like out of control. Like probably. out of control. Like people saying like this is the greatest uh uh well, greatest work of fiction we've seen since. Uh, like even, like even I think that's a bit ridiculous. And this is number two. And because I of characters like Gustavo Gus Fring or whatever. Gus I know some people, was amazing. I, I know a lot of people like his, but it's just like he owns a chicken what? And he's a what? I mean, it, it was a little silly, but it worked. I thought it was silly. I have a problem with Gus. I actually love Gus, but I know what you're saying. Like, but where's he, the wire? He was okay. smart. And that made sense. But then there's still like this Gus. element which is like, eh, I don't know. I love Gus. Here's what I would say about that. Like, whereas I, like I said with the wire... Like David Simon refused to to ever choose entertaining over realism. I think. I mean, I know that there's gonna be and there's people that like would say that uh, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, Vince Gilligan could do no wrong. Like every word that he wrote was sent from heaven above. Like Shakespeare was like rolling over, like doing fist pumps uh, to Vince Gilligan. I do think that he sometimes chose entertaining over real, and that's fine. Yeah, uh, because AMC it was a great does that mix. a lot. Uh, Walking Dead. Uh, <laughs> like I said, it's a ten out of ten. It sounds stupid. I just think it's become slightly. It would probably be in my top. I get it, and I actually, I actually did have some problems with the finale, or even the last. I don't know. Maybe the last few episodes, because first of all, there was no way to make that finale. Uh, a huge surprise. That roller, right. that last season was a um, roller coaster. There was so much to take care of in that last season. There was, and I felt like a few episodes before that were really super strong, like some of their strongest episodes. But the finale itself was a bit weak because you kind of knew where they were going with it because it can only go one direction. Plus, you've already seen the end from the beginning, so you right. know where you're going to end up. Yeah. Um, but I also felt like they kind of did. A complete injustice to Jesse in the last season because That's... they focused so much time on Walter White. And I understand that it's Walter White's story. I get that. But they tied in Jesse so much that in that last season, I don't feel like they did him justice. That's one of my biggest gripes. It, and it was the Walter White story. From the very beginning, they told us this was Mr. Chips turns into Scarface. I'm down with that. And the Walter White character is fantastic. But really, it became a show that was 1A and 1B, Walt and Jesse. And really, that last season, they I, forgot about Jesse. They just completely forgot about Jesse. He was yeah. just basically locked up the entire. Right. And and my probably my biggest issue with the entire show was that finale. I'm wanting some sort of resolution with Jesse. I want something bigger. He's. I'm like, okay, you've you've hid Jesse away from us after building him up for for five right. seasons, and four and a half seasons. He just says, okay, well, give us something big at the end. And it was just kind of a nod, like a cool bro, thanks, man. Right. Like like I wanted something bigger. Uh, I, I some agree with sort, that. And and emotionally, like I wanted something more emotionally resonant. That was and because Jesse was the heart of the show, whether you liked him or thought he was annoying, that's a good he was, point. He was still the heart of the show, and they missed the chance for the heart of the show to be emotionally resonant at the end because they they sabotaged him and focused so much on Walter White and his spiral downwards and slight redemption at the end that they neglected the Jesse character. Yeah, absolutely agree, yeah. and that's why I, I mean, and that's why for me, I can see why people would think it was overrated. Because of the last season in particular. I, I felt like they started kind of catering. They knew they had more viewers. They didn't want to piss off any of their new viewers. Because they never, for a long time, they never thought this would really even make it off the ground. Mm-hmm. So when it started becoming really popular, I think they became a lot more conscious of what the viewers wanted to see. And less 
uh, adamant about making the story that maybe they wanted to make. I mean, I think they're happy with the finished product. I'm happy with the product all together. Obviously, it's my number two. But I feel like that did alter their decision making with storylines just a little bit. The more popular it got, the more they catered to a broad audience. I would agree with that. Yeah, the last thing I'll say is that people might say Malcolm in the Middle gave us Brian Cranston, but really Breaking Bad gave us Brian Cranston. And I will pretty much go see anything he's in going forward. Oh, I think he's, he's a phenomenal amazing. actor. For yeah. sure. Yep. Absolutely. My number two favorite TV show of all go. time is, and this is crazy that it's jumped up this high, and it maybe doesn't deserve it. I'm surprised myself. Game of Thrones. I just love Game of Thrones. Uh, it's <laughs> that's amazing. It's it's just an amazing show. It's from the characters you talked about it. The world building is so great, and I'm so in, entrenched into the drama and all the different houses and the fight for the. For the power, uh, and I love these characters, and there's action, there's, I love Game of Thrones. It's fantastic. And it's, it's an amazing show from the standpoint, it's this perfect, my one and two, I feel, are this perfect, beautiful, harmonious combination of intelligent, fantastic writing meets entertainment like i'm so entertained by my top two but i'm so blown away by how intelligent and well written they are well said thank you yeah father i wish to confess i wish to confess you wish to confess i saved you I saved this city and all your worthless lives. I should have let Stannis kill you all. Tyrion! Do you wish to confess? Yes. Father, I'm guilty. Guilty? Is that what you want to hear? You admit you poisoned the king? No. Of that I'm innocent. I'm guilty of a far more monstrous crime. I'm guilty of being a dwarf. You are not on trial for being a dwarf. Oh, yes I am. I've been on trial for that my entire life. Have you nothing to say in your defense? Nothing but this. I did not do it. I did not kill but I wish that I had. Watching your vicious bastard die gave me more relief than a thousand lying whores. Again, Game of Thrones is the only one on my list that is not completed. So it has uh, a chance to move up or it ha- down it defi- or stay static. Yes, yes, it does. But it's already in my top four, so... Don't F it up, Game of Thrones. Yeah. You could Seriously, potentially... that, that's the biggest problem because Game of Thrones is so fun to watch. Yeah. Please don't mess it up. But it seems like George R. R. Martin really has it under control at I the I feel moment. pretty yeah. confident that it's going to remain the Please same. don't die, dude. Yeah. Well, the, the thing that makes me feel good, because that is the worry. That is the worry. But I think that he's like... Yeah, that's not given fair. Given the two guys that are around, and I can't remember the names right now, Weiss and somebody else. Maybe um, at least gave him an outline. Uh, anyways, yeah, he's given them an outline and kind of 
right. told them where to go with it. Um, but we've already talked about it a little bit, so I don't need to say too much. Uh, Game of Thrones, my number two favorite TV show of all time. Jacob, your number one favorite TV show of all time. This is what's nuts about putting The Wire second, is that I am... As, as I... Gosh, I've watched The Wire for 15 years now or whatever. I don't think I ever was so excited for an episode of The Wire, maybe a couple, as I have been for almost every episode of Game of Thrones. Nice. I love Game of Thrones. It is insane. And and like and I like this style. I, I like I like action. I like fiction. I like you know there's years ago I told a buddy, I said, I don't understand why they can't make a good dragon movie. And, <laughs> and he they, they teased me for years about it. And then finally like we we, we have uh, we had I, I, yeah, okay, but you but you know we had uh, what's the cartoon dragon movie come out? We and then of course we have Game of Thrones. Oh so they yeah, How to Train this, Your Dragon. How to Train Your Dragon. Let me get back on this real quick. But like <laughs> the world building, I said this earlier. The world building of Game of Thrones is is amazing. The storyline of Game of Game of Thrones is is fantastic. These characters, I, I, I there's so many people yes. I hate. I mean, how they. <laughs> but you and really, really, really know hate this. them, and how they know how they how they write off these characters like that is just beyond me. And it is it maybe this is a product where I didn't get it with Breaking Bad or Lost because I didn't watch them week to week. Whereas I am forced to do that with Game of Thrones right now, and I am on an emotional high yes. every week. And and I am it's it's the only show I can really recall where it's like, hey, so and so, can I come over and watch your house? You know, at your house Sunday night. Right. Let's watch it together because yeah. I, I really have never quite done that with any show. And what transpired? Let's just say, and we talked a little bit about it when we first started this podcast, like the last couple episodes of this fifth season, where you finally get some payoff with Tyrion and Daenerys yeah, and that whole storyline. It. Yes. It, it really is. It's fantastic. Where there really is some connection throughout the wire, and it does come together as well. It's just more so this fantasy element that HBO has been able to pull off. And HBO does this a lot. This is why HBO is, has ridiculous amount of Emmy and Golden Globe nominations every year because you know, they because they can get away with it because ABC and MEC can't get away with fine blood, boobs, death, yeah. you know, cuss words. Yeah, that's really all the elements you need to a TV show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, blood, sugar, sex, magic, whatever, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and, uh, and 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 the is that I mean, a Red Hot Chili Peppers reference? It is actually. <laughs> and so. Uh, Again, since it's the third time it's been brought up, I think we've kind of hit it home here. But it was really hard to put this in front of The Wire because I, I just love The Wire so much. But I am so enticed with this storyline. And I just know for decades to come, I will always watch the show, watch it on repeat, show it to whoever hadn't seen it. It's just, a I don't know, it blows my mind what George R. R. Martin has created here. It looks like it's the only show that was a consensus and it's going to be on all three of our lists, correct? Yeah. So I think that you know shows you what we all think of it. I just talked about it, so I don't have much to add. <laughs> it's it's an amazing, amazing show. I, I love again. We've talked. I've talked so much about characters. Um, it has some real heroes that you can really, really root for and get behind. And Jon Snow and Khaleesi and even Tyrion. And those are probably the three biggest, you know, fan favorites. But because they are, you know, like... Heroes still around. Really, yeah, they're still around and you can really... Spoiler you know, alert. I would say Arya too. Really the whole Stark family. And when he was around, Ned Stark. Spoiler really, alert. Yeah, my bad. Crap. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but then the villains, 
you really, really hate. They have as some much great as you villains. love the good guys in this show. You will loathe yes. the villains, yes. but yeah. that makes it so great. But then they have a lot of people that are gray people too. Like in this gray area, you love a lot of people, you hate a lot of people, but then you have people like the Hound. I yeah. mean, who, who's just like, he's a good guy, bad guy. Well, it's the same thing with The Wire, and I, I'm going to go back to it because you can't compare the two. There are bad guys that you pull for, there are good guys that you don't, and vice yeah. versa. Yes, absolutely. The Hound is a good example. Yeah. Also, you can be as mad as you want that they kill people off right and left, but that makes the show a lot more interesting when you know that at any moment, yes. no one's safe, anyone can die. Yes. It doesn't matter how much you love them. And that adds a whole different element to that show that really I don't think I've seen in any other show. I was just about to say that. I've never seen any other show kill off main characters like this show does. And boy, does that upset people. And they won't quit watching because of it. And I'm right there with them. And you know what's funny? You've heard other shows say, like, man, they'll just kill people off and, like, claim that they'll kill anybody off. But when you watch, I've heard people say that about Walking Dead. But you know Rick and Daryl are safe. Rick and Daryl are never going to die. <laughs> but they'll say that about some other shows. Like, man, they'll kill. But Game of Thrones, literally, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they killed Khaleesi. I mean, at this point, if they killed Tyrion, like, I mean, I mean it would, it'd be it. horrible. But, but it is but, really the only show that you can truly, truly say that about. Yeah, and not trust anything. Yeah. yeah. So good. Rachel, your number one favorite TV show of all time. My number one, and I really don't think anything has the chance of knocking this show off just because of what it did and what it means to me, is The Sopranos. Uh, highly regarded... I'm going ju- to jump in I with you. I figured it was coming eventually. I'm going to jump in with you because The Sopranos is also my number one favorite TV show of all time. That's what I figured. Highly regarded as the best TV show of all time. But also... It what it the change that it started in TV and dramas on TV and really made them because TV was always looked down upon as like a lesser form yes. like oh you're a TV actor you can't really act uh, you're a TV writer whatever they got brushed off but Sopranos kind of changed the game on that and that Complete is what that's what's led to things like The Wire Breaking Bad Mad We'd Men, never had all of these of fantastic those. dramas that have come out since then it's because the Sopranos did it first. Mm-hmm. It did it first. Just because it did it first doesn't make it the best. Now that's that, true, yes. but it still is. It's still. <laughs> I, I got a buddy who will argue also that I have several who will argue also that the Sopranos so, is the best. There's it's, so many people that will argue the Wire versus Sopranos. That's yeah, a, there's that's actually a, a really really cool on. Uh, article on the internet. If you just type in like greatest TV shows, uh, like uh, bracket uh-huh. bracketology. It, they go head to head. They 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 win their brackets and they go head to head. Uh, Breaking Bad was in the qu- the the quarterfinals. Yeah. And I can't remember. It was like maybe like Twin Peaks or something. Something completely random. Right. Twilight Zone Peaks. maybe. Twilight Zone. It was something really completely random. But so it and then the wire in this one wins over the Sopranos because of little tiny elements when they really kind of break down what each show did. Right. Which is so nuts because they were out at the same time. I mean, the Sopranos the, is a great TV show. The Sopranos did out. come first. They, they they did run simultaneously, but Sopranos came out several years first. It just had a longer run. And, of course, you know, David Chase was notorious for just taking a whole year off. And like, nah. then, you, like, you get Sopranos again in a well, couple of years. Well, and then HBO decided to milk it and break they up did. that last season into two seasons. Yeah, which was ridiculous. But when it comes down to it, it was the it was the pioneer. All these great shows. It changed TV completely. I'll give a little bit of credit to Oz because technically Oz was out first and it was the first one. But it didn't have the success and it wasn't quite as good. 
obviously, and it, it was just kind of going under the radar. Sopranos came very soon afterwards, and it's the one that blew everything up and changed the whole game. And still to this day, as good as Brian Cranston was, as amazing as Michael C. Hall was, as good as John Hamm was in their respective TV shows, I still say that James Gandolfini has given us the number one all-time greatest performance ever in a TV show. Absolutely. I would even argue that possibly Edie Falco may have given us the best female performance in a TV yep. show ever. And the thing about The Sopranos, it is so incredibly written. I, I mentioned it earlier, sometimes they did choose entertainment value maybe a little bit over over realism. The Philiotardo thing always jumps out to me. Yeah. But it was such a satisfying it was. thing. It, and, and it was one of the few times that David Chase chose to do that. Yes. But I would still say that, it, like I said with Game of Thrones, it this perfect harmony of, of entertainment meets intelligent writing. And what's great with Sopranos is there's so much subtext, so much not written that was going on underneath, like like from political things to to psychi- psychology and psychiatry of of characters and and like delving into dreams even some some really interesting things was going on under especially in the first season yes what you're talking about there with the dream and psychology part of it yes there's but there was a lot going on in the and then really with what america was you know like turning into at the turn of the century sopranos was really knowing that you it was via the lens of a mob family but it was really your all-American family. Like, it was the new Leave it to Beaver. Yeah, they were killing people and things like that. But the family unit, it's like what uh, America had become. And they were attacking all these different issues, David Chase was, through the lens of this really entertaining, cool, violent TV show. Last week when I came home to learn that you had killed our dog, that was the final straw. Oh. You killed the dog? What'd you do that for? It was an accident. And what was it, barking? He sat on the wall. He was high. Oh, Jesus Christ. I fell asleep. She got suffocated or something. Are you done, Adriana? Sylvia. You killed little Cosette. I had to suffocate you, you little prick. Tony, we're going in order. Sylvia? When I came in to open up one morning, there you were with your head half in the toilet. Your hair was in the toilet water. Disgusting. I told you I had the flu. I said my piece, Chrissy. Great. I can't even defend myself now? No one's attacking you, Chris. Look, it doesn't change anything. But I can verify that he was sick for a little while. Still, this thing with the dog. How could you not see it on a chair? You're getting emotional, Tony. That's because I know what it's like to lose a pet. I love The Sopranos. <laughs> no, The Sopranos is an amazing TV show. It's an, an amazing... Those first two seasons, I think, were fantastic. The only reason why it's not on my list is because, honestly, I went back and rewatched it recently, and the family part of it is actually what annoyed me the most, Especially, and really more specifically... Um, AJ. AJ. AJ was a bad actor. AJ and Meadow. And wasn't Meadow. A, Meadow wasn't a very good their, actor. Their whiny was a, nature was just... And, but and, again, which really distracted look at, for Edie Falco because... Because while she was fantastic, she made her whiny. And it's just like, you know what? Just show me the mafia element. That's all I really want to see. Because we love all these characters that come with that whole side of the story. But when you, kind of, when you bring it back into the AJ and Meadow side of it, it's just like, uh. I, but I do, I know exactly what you're saying. I'm not discrediting it. I still give it a 9 out of a 10. Right. And I know there are a lot of people out there who give it a 10 and a 10, respectfully so. Yeah. 
Like, like, like we've mentioned a couple times. And I'm sorry, I'm going to say also is that I agree. James Gandolfini was probably the best, strongest actor in really any television role I can really think of. Nice. He, he, was, he was so, so good in it. So, And yeah. once again, his passing is all the more why we're going to miss him because of characters like this. Oh, yeah. And, and he was just jumping into the movie career. I was so excited about what he was going to do with movies because he is... He is such a such a good actor. It, but his yeah, his presence you, is great. Oh, such a great presence, and 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 again, very multi layered. He could be so funny, but so frightening. Yeah, like and just so vicious, but very tender hearted as well. And like and he, he was, was all of those things as Tony in one. That's what I, I, that's I, what I meant. That's what yeah, I meant. At as all, Tony. at different points, he had to be every single one of those guys, and he expressed so much through. Just through his his facial face expressions and yes. and his movements and things, a lot of unspoken emotions because he was dealing with a lot of pressure from his family, from his mom, from his wife, and then his kids are whiny, and then he's having to deal with Christopher and all of the stuff in in the mafia family. I, he, the guy just had so much on him, and the way that James Gandolfini played that character, and you really felt you you felt everything that he was feeling because he portrayed that character so well was amazing i have an aunt who thinks that he is one of the sexiest actors and look at him he's bald really? he's, he's so partially funny. overweight i mean yeah. you know he's not like yeah. it's not, you know it's not like he's like you know a brad pitt looking yeah, character because of his strong characteristics was, that's great. because of his leadership role yes he was you know, and, that's and, great and i think that's pretty fascinating it really. is i mean that just shows the credit to his acting skills. Absolutely. If he if he can convince anyone that he's one of the sexiest <laughs> men, he is. He is. A, that means more than any of the ten Emmys that he won. Uh, Sopranos. I, I don't know what else to say about it. I, I I just think that. And and you know a lot of times you know when you talk about the Citizen Canes and the Casablancas, and and these movies that you know were kind of pioneering movies, like you give them credit because they were the first and they changed things. But they don't quite hold up. Whereas Sopranos, it's great, and and to its credit, it's more recent. I mean, it's it was a game changer still, in 1999. Hey, technically, Oz and Sex in the City came out before The Sopranos. Well, I know I, I, mentioned, <laughs> I mentioned that with Oz. I don't even give Sex and the City. It was a comedy drama. I mean, watching it, I'm not justifying it at yeah. all. I'm just playing devil's watching advocate. Watching it, it is like a little bit like, oh, cool flip phone, bro. Like there's, I mean, it's it's older than you think that it is, but it holds yeah. up so well that it doesn't seem old. That's what I'm saying. It holds up. It was the first, but it was also, it, it holds up today. Such great writing, such great acting. Uh, the Sopranos. I'm glad you all brought it up. You know, while it didn't make my list, I, I was certainly well-deserving of, you know, I figured you might. Yeah. So Yeah. There we go. That is Pulp Fiction's top five favorite TV shows of all time. Uh, oh, honorable mentions. Every time I forget it. Every time. Jacob, what were some... Now, this was hard for me because I have 1,000 honorable mentions for TV shows, so I'm just going to try to well, list maybe my Well, maybe Rachel favorites. and I go first, and there will be a couple of hours in your 1,000. Yeah. Um, well, I, I love Frasier. I think Frasier is a very smart, smart show. Uh, I thought about really plugging in there at five instead of Friends, but, I mean, I just love... You know, those first five seasons of Friends so much. Uh, do you all, did you all ever watch Frasier much? I watched some of it. I, I watched never, some of it as well. I never totally 100% got into it, but I watched it. Well, I mean, I don't know if you all know this, but David Hyde Pierce, and I, I know he holds like one of the longest streaks 
of at least nominations. And, of course, he had a lot of wins as well. Kelsey Grammer also had a lot of wins. Yeah. There are so many wins, Emmy and Golden Globe nominations on this show, especially because of the writing and how ingenious. What I love about these two brothers is that they're just so darn snobby. Who wants to hang out with these guys? And they have this lovable dad in John Mahoney. And it just kind of brings home this family unit and all that. And you know, throwing characters like you know Daphne and Roz, which are fun, but it's more so about these two brothers and their dad relationship, which makes this 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 show so much fun. You have these, just like I said, these two snobby characters in this ritzy uppity society, and you've got you know John Mahoney dad, who's like the good old boy watching ball games with the snobby sons. And it's a it's a strange premise when you really think about it, but but they really kind of just struck gold with it. Um, and it was a, and it was just one of the most dominant TV shows in the '90s, in my opinion. Um, so my IMDb thing just shut off all of a sudden. So I know that well. The next one on my list is the Dave Chappelle Show. Yes, I Good love call. the yes. Chappelle Show. Yep. and yep. I didn't know if it was going to be on any of y'all's no, list or not. It's, it's an honorable mention. Um, but I mean, God, the first two seasons. I mean, can we really talk about the third? But it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. It, they were seven. so smart. I mean, they were so well written. The way he writes both. Uh, you fine, black all the races, black people, white people, yeah. any, anything in between. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I miss Dave Chappelle so much, and I think everyone was really disappointed when the show went off of the air because of so many, I don't know, racial elements that it hit, and it didn't really bother anybody, Mm-mm. which was great, which was what was so great about the TV show. It was so funny. I just loved it. I miss it. I wish it comes back. Deadwood, another HBO show that I just really, really love. It only was three seasons long. Have you all seen it? Uh, I've we've we started, started it. it. We started it and haven't finished. That's it, too bad because to. it can I've be a slow so bird. It's one of the coolest bad guys of all of television. That's yeah, what we've Ian McShane. So many, yeah, I've heard yep. it so many times. Yeah. That was one of the main reasons we want to watch. Yeah, it. yeah. It Ian McShane as Al Swearingen is one of the coolest bad guys there ever will be. And when you get through the show, you'll know what I'm talking about. What's kind of funny is that Timmy, Timothy Oliphant, who can be a, a great charismatic actor, it's just kind of kind of a I won't say a dud, but his his character is just very straight laced. Not a lot of, not a lot to him. There's some depth as far as like his anger and things like that. Mm-hmm. But for an actor like Timothy Oliphant to not, you know, you really kind of expect like Vince Vaughn type characters, characters right. to come out. And it never really happens in this show. But the set pieces, the design of it. Um, what was so strange also about Dead was how they cussed unbelievable amounts unnecessary <laughs> amounts which the, the writers I've heard that purposely acknowledged like they did it on purpose and, and whatever it is a little over the edge but uh, it was a fascinating television show and actually to spin off on that Justified y'all need to watch Justified if you haven't seen it and I again it's another one on the list and this is Timothy Oliphant as we were kind of hoping maybe might be in Deadwood he is fantastic this is such an underrated television show and it is so smart it is so smart. You'd actually be surprised. The first season's a little hokey in places, but what they're doing is probably setting up a storyline because it's based off a book, a, a small book, but whatever. What they're doing, they're setting up a lot of elements for straight characters later on. And this also gives us one of the coolest villains, if you want to call them that, which is uh, Walton Goggins as Boyd Crowder. Walton Goggins is fantastic in the show, and I guarantee you his role in this show is why he's been in two Tarantino movies. He is that good in this show. I, he steals the show. I, I've on, heard on that Justified. so I've heard that continuously from people that he's he's fantastic. He's he's plays a part in Sons of Anarchy actually. Oh really? A, a pretty cool character. Yeah. yeah. Really good. Um I'm gonna kinda go through these last couple ones really 
quickly because we talked about Parks and Rec and a little bit about The Office. I had to recognize the first four seasons of The Office with Michael. Yes. Um, uh, with Steve Carell. Well, Steve Carell as uh, as um, Michael Scott. Michael Scott. Thank you. Because <laughs> uh, they, they really were. I mean, I know they stole it from BC, BBC, but. This one's so much better. But uh, it's I, I, so much. Sorry, better. we it's went so on this better. one, guys. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. Toss Ricky Gervais out the window. I, I just love those first four seasons. Yeah. Um, Say by the Bell, one of my favorite shows really? in the nineties. We watched it every morning, every afternoon for almost a decade. I won't care if I was either ten or nineteen. We were watching it either at my buddy's house, at my house, before we went to, got the bus. I mean, I mean, I mean, for those who know what I'm talking about. Saved by the Bells was a pretty epic show for a lot of teenagers in the 90s. That was um, another generational thing. <clears throat> I just slightly missed it. Like, I watched right. it here and there, but I was just got to be... It's a slightly better show than Full House in retrospect, but it's still pretty awful. Sure. Oh, yeah. There's too, some but it's just incredibly terrible. cringeworthy, just <laughs> terrible. Like, I'm so excited. I'm so That's my favorite. scared. I, I mean, it's so bad, but we all time. know what I'm talking about. Uh, the next show... I know there's a lot of bad news out right now, but you can't deny what what the Cosby Show did oh, yeah. for a lot of yeah, families throughout sure. the 80s and 90s. Yeah, it, it was is, a good show. It was a pillar of a show. I mean, for a black family to go into yeah. our homes from a certain perspective, yeah. we just it, it just really kind of changed a lot of things. For sure. I think a lot of people love the Cosby Show, and I'll kind of end it on you know that the last one I'm going to say. I know it's going to come up. No, I know it's going to come up. So I'm going to let someone else bring it up. <laughs> yep. Uh, I'll just run through mine really fast. Um, ones that were really close to making it, but I felt like were uneven shows. Dexter, Lost, The Office, Entourage. Um, all had really strong seasons, but all ultimately went from like super good to not so good. Um, some childhood favorites. I have Fresh Prince on my list. Full House, which we discussed. I also have Saved by the Bell. Kind of grew up with that. Uh, Friends made my list. X-Files as well. Um, ones that ah, the ones I really didn't want to leave off that were battling for the top five: Roseanne, mm. Fly of the Concords. Yeah, I know you're a big yeah. fan of Fly of the and Concords. a huge fan of Fly of the Concords, but a little uneven. The first in the season was season. great, and it was just disaster after that. I didn't think it was sort disaster, of... but it definitely was a plummet from yeah. the first yeah. season. But you also have to understand that they developed the comedy and the storylines for the first season over about a decade. Yes, exactly. And then they wrote the second season in about three months. Makes total so, sense. And, um, and, and actually, I was going to, not that it's the same show at all, but East Bend and Down sort of did the same thing in a way. Because uh, the first season was so great. And then it's just like, what happened after that? Right. So, uh, but they were still offered a third season and didn't take it because they were like, hey, this is not as good. At least I recognize uh, so, it. So credit to them on that. Um, other things on the list, Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, good call. Uh, Supernatural, 30 Rock, Sons of Anarchy, of course, Modern Family, Pushing Daisies, and Workaholics, which also took has taken a plummet. But those first few seasons, while it can hit really gross parts... Uh, they overdo it on the gross sometimes. Had a, was really, really funny in the first couple seasons. That's my list. Brandon. My honorable mentions, the one I had to specifically mention, because I, like I said earlier in the show, it was almost my number. At one point it was my number five, is The Wire. Uh, that's It gets its own special mention, uh, because it really could have been in my list. Uh, and then going from there, in no particular order, The Office and Parks and Rec, two of my all-time favorite comedies, uh, Breaking Bad, Sons of Anarchy, 
Thundercats, my favorite cartoon when I was growing yeah, up. I didn't bring up my cartoons. Uh, I'll skip that. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Spider-Man, <laughs> the 60s cartoon. I wasn't alive, but I watched right. it as a kid and I loved it. Entourage, Chappelle Show, so, so good. Uh, the Ollie G Show, which gave us Borat and that. Bruno and Ollie G. Hilarious show if you've never watched it. Um, Roseanne, Fresh Prince, Freaks and Geeks, uh, The Killing, which I think is a vastly underrated yeah. show. Um, oh, of, which we didn't bring this up in our in our preview, but The Catch, her show, yes, she's, it looks like it actually could be legit. I think she's a good actress. She's a very she good actress. She was great. Her and um, Joel Kinnaman, yeah. uh, the two leads in The Killing, they're both really, that really good. That first season I thought was pretty legit outside of the finale. Yes. Uh, Bates Motel, I'm really into Bates Motel. Monday Night Football, Sunday Night Football, have to mention because they're, te- they're technically a TV show. If you want a fall preview from Jacob Crisp, it will be Monday Night Football. <laughs> yeah. It'll just be NFL and college football, yeah, period. absolutely. But it's technically a TV show since it's been so long, so I have to include it. I love it. Cheers, Saturday Night Live, up and down throughout the years, but it's given us so many great characters and, and bits <coughs> and actors over the years that you have to include SNL. The Wonder Years is one of my all-time favorites. The Simpsons, 30 Rock, Friends, Modern Family... The Goldbergs, it's only a couple seasons old, but I'm still including it. I don't care. I love it that much. Good call. Uh, the Muppet Show, uh, Fly the Concords, Luther starring uh, Idris oh, yeah. Elba of uh, yeah. The Wire fame. Uh, Fly show. the Concords, Moonlighting starring Bruce Willis. And you my really very, watch Moonlighting? I loved Moonlighting as a kid. I've only ever seen one half of an episode, and it was just because of it. It was like in-class comparison to... Uh, a Shakespeare uh, writing. Moonlighting was a great, great show, and it gave us Bruce Willis and uh, my first crush ever, Sybil Shepherd. Uh, and then a special shout out to the Arsenio Hall show and the Conan O'Brien show, uh, two of my favorites there. Uh, Supernatural, American Horror Story, and then I have to mention this show. It's only it's only had one season, but I liked it so much, and we forgot about it in our returning shows. It's not coming back this fall, is it? Do you know the what affair? I'm talking about? The Affair. Yeah. Is it not coming back this fall? I didn't see it listed. I thought it was because the trailer is out. So if not, then we're cool with not mentioning it. But it's only one season long, but I liked it so much, I had to include it based on that one season. It's with a... Uh, McNulty. Uh, oh, yeah? Yeah, Dominic he's... West. Dominic West. Yeah, Dominic West and uh, Ruth Wilson, who plays uh, Alice and Luther, is in it. Those are the two leads. Uh, such a great show. I really thought y'all would talk more about Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. That's why I didn't really say much more about it. That was the other one I didn't bring up. Well, I mean, I, I, mean, I just watched it so much, and I think we all did. Oh, yeah. loved it. at one point, if you would have asked me, I would have told you it was my favorite TV show when I was like 14 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but I just didn't mention it because I had a thousand of them, so I just wanted to breeze through them. But, I, I, I saw that. I yeah. noticed that. Yeah. Uh, I have one show I want to bring up just for, I know it's taught a lot in school, but not one of us brought it up at all tonight, which is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's a, it's a... Critics loved Buffy the Man. And I've, I've, I've been watching the first season over the last year, and it's a little rough, which is understandable, because I'm waiting for what I'm what all the critics are loving, which is really what Joss Whedon's writing kicks into gear. Right. So if you watch it or haven't, or think about watching it, or don't know much about it, just know that from a critic's perspective, it's one of the most highly regarded shows. I mean, do I say of all time? It's just, I, mean, it's, I, I, I know I mean, it's, it's taught in class. It was taught in a class that I took in school. And I hear so much about the writing of it and the character development of it, which is insane if you've watched the first season because it's so cringeworthy at moments. Yeah, I just, 
I remember when it was it's not out. my style. I remember that. when it was out. I just never wanted to get into it, and I've heard a million people tell me I should watch it, and I just haven't ever given a chance. Yeah, but I need oh, to. Oh, I, 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 I certainly haven't. don't blame you. When I decided to watch it, it was just like, am I really going to watch this show? So I'm still kind of waiting for it to kick off. It's just not my style, you know that. But uh, like I said, it's got to be that good at some point, right? You would think so. I don't know. There you go. That is. Pulp Fiction's top five favorite TV shows of all time and a bunch of honorable mentions. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, the Affair comes back October 4th. Shame on you, Vanity Fair. They didn't include it? They didn't include it. Idiots! I mean, it it is. it won the Golden Globe for best drama this year. Or I missed it. But I'm still going to blame it on Vanity Fair. <laughs> now, crazy enough, it didn't get nominated. It won Golden Globe for best drama. It didn't even get nominated for the Emmy, so I don't know how that happened. But it's only catch up to before October fourth. Only one season long. It's just a great, great it's on show. Showtime. Yeah. yeah, it's it's really cool because it tells the a story of an affair with the backdrop of a mystery, of a murder mystery that's happening. But the coolest thing about it is told through two different perspectives: the guys and the girls, and how different they both see uh, saw the affair and viewed the affair. Be sure to listen next week when we count down our top five favorite movie twists of all time. M. Night Shyamalan has a new movie out called The Visit, and in his honor, we will count down our top five favorite twists of all time.